four young children, including a baby, trapped in the Amazon jungle for 40 terrifying days. You have the large predators, such as a jaguar or puma, the stinging, biting creatures, ants, snakes, spiders, wasps. The only survivors of a plane crash that took the lives of their mother and two other adults. Impossible odds, but after a massive, unrelenting search, they are miraculously found. Hungry, emaciated, afraid, but incredibly alive. For me, there are many questions. What took so long to find them? They didn't want to be found because they were scared to death. And what were they doing on that plane in the first place. There is still something missing that we need to find out. You only know half the story. What really happened here? Tonight, the theories, the politics, and the nasty family battles. We're on the ground in Colombia. TMZ investigates the miracle children of the Amazon. A fatal plane crash deep in an unforgiving Amazon jungle in Colombia. A small single-engine Cessna with one pilot and six passengers loses engine power and crashes nose first into the ground. The violent impact instantly kills the pilot, an indigenous leader who is in the co-pilot seat, and a young mother named Magdalena. Miraculously, the remaining passengers, Magdalena's four children, ages 13, 9, 4, and an 11-month-old baby, all survive with only minor injuries. It takes two weeks for Colombian special forces to locate the crash site. When they arrive, they find the remains of the three adults but the kids are nowhere to be found. And suddenly there was no kids around. And they say, where are the children? That is when the story starts. There are signs of life nearby. A baby bottle, a piece of partially eaten fruit, little footprints. At the beginning, we thought, well, the kids must be around. But after a few days, you say, this is a mystery. This is a mystery. And everybody starts thinking, well, if they survive, it's going to be a miracle. The search quickly intensifies. More than 200 Colombian special forces and dozens of members of local indigenous tribes scour the dense and dangerous jungle filled with bugs, vicious animals, poisonous plants. The search drags on. For 40 desperate days. We have checked over 300 miles step by step. And just as hope is all but gone, a miracle happens. 
We have found the four kids. They are in our hands alive. Thank God. All four children are found alive. Weak, hungry, but alive. Incredible. They were happy to see us. That's why they hugged us. This is a story of surviving for 40 days and 40 nights in one of the most daunting places on earth. But this one's not from the Old Testament. It's the real story of four children who employed ingenuity with a heavy dose of fear to come out of the treacherous brush alive and relatively well. I think they would have gone through a whole succession of panic and fear and anger and misery and then strength and hope and camaraderie and helping each other emotionally and even spiritually to a point where we need to get out of here, we need to survive. The easiest story to buy is actually the most unbelievable, that the four kids somehow survived conditions that would be incomprehensibly brutal to most people. But there are other theories floating out there, including one that the kids became pawns in a war between a rebel group and the government. Whether this was simply a tragic accident or something more, the fact these kids are still living and breathing is astounding. The date, May 1st, 2023. The plane takes off from Aracoara, Colombia, just before 7 a.m., bound for San Jose del Guaviare, 220 miles away. A half hour into the trip, the pilot makes a mayday call. His engine is failing. When you have an emergency or an engine problem in a remote area like this crash was in, it's very difficult and you really have to look for a river or a, a clearing in the brush to try to put that airplane down. And it, everything was just so tremendously dense that his options were very limited. The plane smashes into a group of trees, then hits the ground hard. All three adults on board die instantly. The three older children survived because they were in the back of the plane, which remained relatively intact. In the preliminary investigation, they saw that those rear seats weren't really destroyed. They, for the most part, were pretty much intact. And there really was no evidence of any serious bodily injury, like blood and things of that nature, uh, in those very back seats. What may have also saved them, the mere fact that they're children. Adults know that when you're in a plane crash, there's a good chance that you might die and you get very nervous. Your muscles tend to tense up. A child might not be aware of the significant danger of a plane crash, so the child might not stiffen up. And when the airplane actually impacts, they tend to make out a lot better by not being so stiff and rigid. We also know the baby survived because she was in her mother's arms, cushioned from the force of impact. There is no doubt that upon impact, the fact that the mother was pretty much protecting the baby with her arms around the baby, that saved the infant's life 
There's no question about that. Leslie realized her little sister was alive when she saw the baby was moving her leg. At that point, she pulled the baby from her mother's arms. After the crash, the four young children were suddenly on their own. No one in sight, stuck in the jungle, with danger lurking at every turn. They would need cover, food, water, protection from the elements, from bugs, animals, including pumas, jaguars, and poisonous snakes. They had no way of knowing they would have to fight for their lives every minute, every hour, every day, for well over a month. Coming up, how a 13-year-old managed to do the impossible. She's an absolute hero. And the incredible moment when rescuewers finally reach the kids. Thirteen-year-old Leslie fought to stay alive in a jungle where even wild animals fall prey to the elements, to disease, to starvation, to a full menu of predators. And she did it for 40 days. That's incredible enough, but Leslie was in a party of four, and she was the oldest. There was also nine-year-old Soleni, four-year-old Tien, and a baby. 11-month-old Christine. Leslie became the de facto parent, the adult, the leader, their only hope. Leslie is a little older. I lean a lot on her. She's very beautiful. She got her looks from her mom. She works hard. Sometimes she would take care of her little sister. She's an absolute hero in the fact of the survival of all four of them, but especially in the case of the 11-month-old. I think it's a miracle that the baby is still alive. After their plane went down, their mother dead, the children were clearly traumatized, but instinct kicked in, and they did what they had to do to survive against impossible odds. The Cessna had meager supplies, a baby bottle, diapers, and cassava flour, which would only sustain them for a few days. They had three pounds of cassava. They were holding on to that, and they stayed four days next to the airplane, hoping that someone would rescue them. But after four days, they saw that nobody was coming. They decided to walk. I think the natural gut instinct would be to leave that area to leave the area where there's death and destruction and a, and a horrible scene that they don't want to see anymore. Their mantra was simple and horrifying, eat and not be eaten. But how to know which fruit provides life-saving nourishment and which amounts to a death sentence? The cliche of the Amazon jungle is that there are bananas hanging on every tree, and the reality is that is not the case. Primarily, it's just big, fat, green leaves. Some of them may be poisonous to the touch, some of them may be edible, but you have to have very specific knowledge to know which ones you can eat and which ones are gonna kill you. 
deep in the jungle with no signs of rescue, survival skills were essential. And that's where the life experience of these small children who grew up in a small Amazon village made all the difference. They were raised in or at least near to the jungle. So they were familiar with how to travel in the jungle, some of the things they could eat. They were taught these things from a young age and that would give them the confidence of, of knowing where to walk, how to walk, where to sit, where to sleep, instead of abject fear. My oldest granddaughter knows a little about the jungle. She knows about her food, like seeds, for example. There's an old saying, necessity is the mother of invention, and these kids took that to heart. Leslie had a bottle with milk that the mother had brought to feed on the trip. And when the bottle fell, she made a small glass with tree leaves, broke the tip and gave her water. Shelter was literally a do-or-die matter. So why not take refuge in the fuselage of the plane? And if you think about it, the rescuers didn't find the plane until nearly two weeks after the crash. So at some point, your mind is saying, we've just got to walk out of here. And so there's no way to judge these children on their actions. You can't judge unless you were there, and they were there. So where to hide, where to sleep, where not to be torn apart by wildlife? The reality of the dangers in the Amazon jungle is that everything is intense and condensed. You have the large predators, such as a jaguar or a puma. You have the stinging, biting creatures, ants, snakes, spiders, wasps. The tree trunks of the Amazon jungle are something to behold. They have these massive fins, these massive buttresses that come out that create natural shelters. And true enough, in the case of these kids, they absolutely used the base of these large jungle trees as their shelter uh, each night, as, as far as the, uh, the stories we hear so far. There's another danger. Rebel forces, the gorillas. The jungle is home to thousands of them, many involved in Colombia's lucrative cocaine trade. It is absolutely a dangerous part of the world. The area where the plane went down, not only was it dangerous because of nature, right? Dangerous because of the snakes, the jaguars, and surviving. They also had to survive and evade the rebel guerrilla groups that are, are largely present there. But with all their skills, their luck, their health, living for 40 days in an area where death is as common as life, it still takes a miracle to survive. Keep in mind, these kids come from a tribe that is deeply spiritual. The Witoto have great respect, great reverence for the jungle. The community prayed hard, prayed for the forest to release their children. For them, the, every jungle has a master. And the master of the jungle say, hey, what are you doing here? These kids, what are they doing here? So they try every night in rituals, whatever, saying, the moment we take the kids, we leave you alone. But give us the kids. And no one was going to stop looking for them until their prayers were answered. Up next. The unbelievable moment when rescuers finally find the children alive. 
When word got out a plane went down in the jungle, it didn't make a blip on the news. As tragic as it was, it simply was not uncommon for small planes to crash in that part of the world. Everyone was presumed dead. After a few days, there's no plane, nobody found a plane, and we all thought those are seven people dead. We say, well, poor people, that's it. Everything changed May 15th, 14 days after the crash. A search team finally got to the wreckage and found three adult bodies, but no kids. When we arrived at the plane, the first thing we did was see the bodies of the three adults. Manuel Renoque, the father of the two younger children and stepfather of the older two, was one of the first to arrive on scene. We checked the seats in the back. We didn't find any of the kids' bodies. At that moment, my faith was intact. I knew my kids were still alive. Suddenly, it was big news, a mysterious twist that captured worldwide attention. After the crash, the remains of the pilot and the mother of the four children were found, but there were only clues that the children may have survived. One of the largest rescue efforts in Colombian history was launched. 200 members of the military and more than 90 members of local indigenous tribes searched far and wide. Today we are going to find them. Today we are going to work like the first day when we entered the jungle here. It was dubbed Operation Esperanza, Operation Hope. And in the beginning, hope reigned supreme. This is the first possible shelter that our four miners used. It's located 445 meters northwest of where the plane accident occurred. The operation initially zeroed in on 125 square miles around the crash site. But the Amazon jungle is thick with brush, the thickest in the entire world, and shrouded in darkness. One of the challenges in the Amazon jungle is that it swallows up the evidence really quickly. You think, oh, they're going to see their footprints, they're going to see broken branches. But in the Amazon jungle, things just kind of fall back in on themselves right away. And the rain that might be happening for 36 straight hours will bring the jungle in on itself. And those footprints, they're gone in a matter of hours at times. From the air, the visibility is even worse. The lush canopy of trees and vines makes it all but impossible to spot a downed aircraft, let alone small children on the ground. 19 days into the mission, the military dropped brightly colored flyers, imploring the kids to get to a clear area, make noise, start a fire to produce a smoke signal. The flyers offered assurance and comfort. We will save you, we are close. They also dropped whistles, lighters, food, and water, but no response. As each day passed, the chance of finding them alive diminished. 
The searchers tried everything. They even recorded the voice of the children's grandmother, begging them to stay in one place, blasting it over a speaker that could be heard a mile away. Military-trained Belgian shepherds joined in the hunt. The advantage of having a dog in search and rescue really comes down to the amount of ground that they can cover quickly and efficiently, and of course, their powerful sense of smell. But of course, no one knows the jungle better than members of the indigenous tribes who live there, including the children's father, who spent 32 days with the rescue teams. They will stay alive much longer because they're possessed by nature's owner. I hope to recover them very soon. On May 23rd, more evidence of life. Rescuers find another diaper and a bottle cap. They knew they were close, but close to what? A miracle or more tragedy? Two weeks later, two more diapers and what appears to be a makeshift shelter. Then, on June 9th, exactly 40 days after the plane went down, a country's prayers finally answered. Four of the indigenous searchers suddenly hear a noise. I thought it was a bird singing, and after paying attention to the noise, I said, I think that sound is from the kids, guys. The first thing Leslie told us, she was carrying the baby in her arms. She started crying. Then she said, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And it hit me hard. The first words the little boy told us was, my mom is dead, and then started to cry. And that broke us. The children were carried about a mile to a group of military searchers and given electrolytes, food, and first aid. One of the rescuers sang to baby Christine, who had celebrated her first birthday lost in the jungle. The children were found less than four miles from where the plane went down, weak, famished and dehydrated, but okay. It's so sad. You can even imagine to see them in that state. But the beauty of it all was they were still positive. They even mustered up enough strength to give us a hug. One by one, the children were lifted onto a helicopter hovering above then flown by plane to a military hospital in Bogota.
Operation Hope was a resounding success. Leslie, Solani, Tien, and Christine were now safe, getting medical and psychological care. I felt peace in my soul and happiness in my heart. We found them, and we found them alive. A few days after they were found, Leslie drew a picture of her experience in the Amazon. A search dog named Wilson front and center. Turns out Wilson found the kids before the rescuers did. But when they arrived on scene, Wilson was gone. It was all nothing short of a miracle. But as this mystery was coming to an end, a few others were about to explode because some things just didn't add up. Coming up, why the kids may have been hiding from their rescuers. They were scared to death. And why some Colombians are just not buying the story. There is still something missing that we need to find out. We have found the four kids. They are in our hands, alive. Thank God. The rescue of these four kids after 40 days in the Amazon wilderness was nothing short of a miracle. Incredible story of survival in Colombia. Four children found alive after 40 days deep in the Amazon jungle. News they'd been found alive ricocheted around the world. But soon after, serious questions started to emerge. We are seeing it as a miracle, but a lot of people are seeing it as a mystery. For starters, what were the kids and their mom doing on that plane in the first place? They were on the plane at 6.30. It was the last time Magdalena called me and told me, I'm already going to San Jose, as we discussed. According to the father, Manuel Renoque, he was flying his family to safety from rebel forces that occupy the area around their small village. He had already moved near the country's capital, Bogota, and the kids were coming to join him. I'm afraid to say anything because this is a very large group. They have a lot of arms, they are watching us, and they have people everywhere. I just ask people to trust me to do the right thing. Because my life is at risk, I am a target for them. The indigenous tribes live in constant fear of being captured by these rebel groups and then forced into uh, that particular group for the remainder of their lives. So it's one of the reasons why this particular family wanted to leave and to evade. Um, that area that they were in, uh, in fear of being captured. These rebel groups, or guerrillas, are violent organizations involved in Colombia's massive cocaine trade, the largest in the world. These groups and other criminal groups within Colombia manufactured over a million kilos of cocaine. And so when you think about a million kilos of cocaine, what does that look like here on the streets of New York? That's about $30 billion in cocaine. 
But why would rebels target Manuel, a poor farmer who basically lives off the land? It'd be as simple as him uh, going against whatever the group is saying that they want to do. Um, and if they see it as a threat, that's, an, that's enough of a cause for them to target him. Life in that area of Colombia, it's day by day. It's not easy. Another big question, why did Colombia's president, Gustavo Petro, announce on Twitter the children had been found 23 days before the actual rescue? He deleted that tweet the very next day. The president, Gustavo Petro, he is he reads lots in Twitter all day. And he said, the kids are safe and we have them. Of course, everybody was very smiling, oh great, they are safe, they are. Where are they? Where are they? And the army say, where are they? Who I mean what the president knows that we don't know. Only 24 hours later, he deletes the tweet. That is one of the mysteries of this story. There has been a lot of speculation in Colombia. The kids were being used as political pawns, held hostage by one of the rebel groups. And President Petro jumped the gun, believing a deal had been struck between his government and the rebels when he fired off that tweet. President Gustavo Petro now says the information provided could not be confirmed. Fact is, the kids were found June 9th, the very same day the Colombian government struck a peace accord with rebel forces. So on a level, the hostage theory makes sense. Then again, miscommunication is not particularly uncommon in that part of the world. If you're a helicopter pilot doing reconnaissance from the sky, and you see what you think is a group of people. Yeah, it could be a group of people. It could be a group of rebels. It could be another group. And immediately that information would get relayed up the chain um, through the military, and then it will, it will end up at the president's desk. Even when the kids were actually found, some people in Colombia felt the rescue was a hoax, too good to be true. A lot of people here in Colombia think that it is impossible for four kids to survive in the jungle for 40 days, especially a one-year-old with no food. Just the water that they collected from the trees, from the leaves. It's very suspicious. It's unbelievable that four kids, minors, survive 40 days in the jungle. If you know how the jungles are in Colombia, it's almost impossible unless they were taking care of some community or even by an illegal group. There is still something missing that we need to find out. And the true Colombian cynics felt the whole thing was made up to deflect from big problems facing the country. Well, the kids are uh, a distraction to a lot of things that have been going on in Colombia. Colombians have been talking about 40 days in the jungle, this is a miracle. And it is a distraction from a lot of problems that this government has. When you try to understand what happened, how they survived, and the history behind is really unbelievable. And I could also speculate that they have been used as a propaganda. Well, there's always three sides to every story. One side, the other side, and the truth. Which is the right side of this. I think the story is pretty much what it is. Seven people on an aircraft, uh, three of them um, passed away, 
and the kids survive. And there's this mystery. Military GPS now shows rescuers were at times within earshot of the children. But the kids didn't respond. Why on earth? You hear rescuers calling out, but the children went radio silent, hiding in the bushes. It makes no sense. Maybe they were scared. Maybe they uh, were thinking that we are guerrillas, or, or maybe they were very tired. I don't know why. This is the information that I have from the sources inside the hospital. They didn't want to be found because they were scared to death. So the older girl, when they had the people around them, she put her hand in the one-year-old girl's mouth so she could not make any noises. And they were hiding and hiding and hiding. The kids have grown up in this environment where they're very much aware of the threat and what it means. Um, they hear stories of other people that have been kidnapped or killed by these groups. So they're taught to avoid them uh, at all costs. The reality with these rebel groups is that they get young indigenous kids, boys and girls, and turn them into fighters. And the girls too, sex slaves. That happens a lot. This has been going on in this country for many, 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 many years. Which begs the question, why did the kids allow themselves to finally be discovered? They just couldn't hide anymore because they was really, really, really hungry. They needed to get out. So now the kids are safe, a little banged up physically and emotionally, nevertheless, okay. But if you think this is the end of the story, think again. Their newfound celebrity may have placed them in new peril. Up next, how the lives of these four kids have been forever changed. I do not believe that they are going to go back to a small village in the middle of the Amazon, in the middle of nowhere, and live there. And the bitter custody battle over who's going to raise them now that their mother is gone. The four small siblings who survived the jungle have become national treasures in Colombia. They taught us what survival is all about. They are now part of our history. They are the children of peace and the children of Colombia. Their story of resilience in the face of a cascade of impossible obstacles has turned them into big celebrities. And that opens the door to a world of opportunities. God left them for great things. 
because they are children of the miracle. These kids have a bright future ahead outside of the jungle. No doubt there will be opportunities for education. There will be other opportunities to develop other academic skills, perhaps scholarships. Who knows, maybe they'll be asked to write a book or give a lecture circuit because their story continues to captivate this entire nation. But fame in Colombia has its price. You see, in that country, ransom is currency. And these children now have a heavy price tag on their heads. It is wonderful these kids have been rescued from the jungle. But it's sad that they won't be able to go back to the life that they knew. Uh, they're simply too high profile. And in terms of the guerrillas and the other rebel groups, they are perfect targets for kidnapping. So the question, where can they live safely and in peace? I do not believe that they are going to go back to a small village in the middle of the Amazon, in the middle of nowhere, and live there. When here, they are going to be treated like heroes. They are going to be helped. They are going to be given a house. Uh, whenever Leslie goes to school, she may go to a university, whatever it is. Nobody's going to forget about these little kids. There are other, more immediate problems the children face. There's a bitter custody battle brewing between their father and maternal grandparents. Will two of them go with their natural father, Manuel? Will two of them go with the grandmother? Will all of them stay together? That's all being worked out as the Colombian government investigates what is the best living situation for these children once they're released from medical care here in Bogota. Magdalena's family claims Manuel was a cheater and an abusive husband, even attacking her with a machete. Excuse my language. He's a son of a bitch, and now I feel hate. I don't want to see him in person. The grandparents want to raise the kids themselves and cut him out. Our hope is that I will be responsible for them and they will come home with me and their grandmother. Manuel admits he cheated, but vehemently denies the abuse allegations, claiming he only wanted what's best for his family, which is why he was trying to fly them out of harm's way in the first place. I never abused my wife or my children. It's a lie. Tell me, if I had abused her just as the dad, mom, uncle, and I don't know who said, would she have come to find me here in Bogota? She wouldn't have done it. Sources with direct knowledge on the ground in Colombia tell us the two oldest children have made it clear from their hospital beds they want nothing to do with their stepfather. The stepfather is being hated by the two oldest girls. They don't want to see him. He was a very violent guy. The older daughter said that she saw one day when he tried to slit her mother's throat, so she doesn't want to see this guy. The father says, no, that is for me. The grandfather says, no, that is for me. But other members of the family say, no, we have to make a deal. We have to speak and make a deal and look what is the best for the children. It's going to be a long process to stabilize their situation. The mourning of the loss of their mother is not simple. However it works out, one thing is crystal clear. 
those 40 days in the jungle have changed these four lives forever. Coming up. It's so strange that that dog ran away, right? Wilson, come home. The search for the search dog that found the kids first. TMZ has broken some of the biggest stories in pop culture for nearly two decades. Now TMZ documentaries continue to break new ground, digging far below the surface on stories that have captivated audiences, stories in the zeitgeist of pop culture. TMZ documentaries available on Hulu and Tubi. The four kids who got lost in the jungle spent most of their time just trying to survive, looking for food, water, protecting themselves from animals and the elements. The one bright spot came out of nowhere, literally, when Wilson the rescue dog suddenly appeared. He stayed with the children for a couple of days before rescuers came, but for some reason, no one knows, Wilson just disappeared. With this type of dog, it's impossible for them to run away, right? Like that dog Wilson, right? That picture Leslie drew in the hospital said it all. Wilson was a symbol of hope. Leslie gave her drawing to one of her rescuers. The story isn't complete until we know the fate of Wilson, and rescue teams are working tirelessly to find him. The Army is doing everything they can to find Wilson. They've put out food, they've put out the uniform of his trainer in hopes that it attracts his smell. They have even sent female dogs who are in heat uh, in the hope that that would attract Wilson to come out of the jungle and, and be found. But if we've learned anything from this story, it's that miracles can happen, even in a dark, dangerous place like the Amazon. And just as it did for those four kids, there's hope Wilson will catch a miracle himself. As for Leslie, Suleni, Tien, and Christine, they have a new lease on life, a chance to grow and prosper, a chance for new beginnings, and quite the story to tell their own children someday, because they are the miracle children of the Amazon.